Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving week. It is the Out of Sight Podcast, a podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, host of many, many Vox Media podcasts. Uh, Sixers, let's let's face it, it's it's been tough. It's been tough slogging out there. Still not 100%, but you know what? F it. We still keep chugging along. Sixers won last night in Sacramento, so that's always great. I mean, any time that we can stick it to Vladi and Vivek and everybody out there. It's just, it's just fantastic. Uh, real quick. I got Dave early on the line. We're going to chat about last night's game for a hot minute. And then he wrote a piece that's going around and it's this, this, this list of 30. So before, before we even get into last night's game, like Dave, th- this list of 30, like how, how the hell did it even come about? So, Sam Amick, Amick, uh, who was on our Gastro Blues pod recently, he wrote a report saying that, you know, the Sixers had basically a list of 30 potential targets they would be happy to acquire or, or content to acquire in a Ben Simmons trade. So okay. I went on the Liberty Ball or Slack and I was like, I don't want to do this alone, but does anyone want to try it with me? <laughs> I, I would have. but I, I, There are some names that I just didn't have the patience for. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, I'm just I'm just gonna let somebody else take this one. I'll let I, somebody else jump on that grenade. Yeah, I knew I knew that it would be fun, but I also knew that I was gonna that I was on upon first draft, I was gonna get like a list of 45. So I needed <laughs> I needed someone to check me on some of these. <laughs> oh man. All right, so we'll that's the second part of the podcast. We'll get into that in a second, but uh Sixers beat Sacramento. In Sacramento by eight, 102-94. Once again, Tyrese Maxey. Good Lord. 24 points in 35 minutes last night. Shake, 16 off the bench. Matisse is back. He had 15. Andre Drummond, 9 points, 23 rebounds. I swear to God, every time I look at the stat sheet for Drummond, I just expect 20 or more rebounds at this point. I just expect it. Just pencil them in. 20-plus rebounds, everything else, we're good to go. And it's like every one of those rebounds bought him a plus minute in the plus-minus column. Yes. Game-high plus 19. So these weren't <laughs> these were not like empty stats, which some guys can fill, uh, which maybe Drummond has filled in the past. He's had some of those games where he puts up like 12 and 12, and you're like, but was it good? Did it help? Um, not necessarily yeah. in Philly, but over in the past in his career. But um, – no, I mean, those like you could feel how every one of those offensive boards he grabbed was deflating. He had this one defensive rebound at the end of the game where he first he tips it to his left. And then with his left hand, he tips it all the way back to his right near the baseline. And he has the agility to slide and grab it. It was kind of uh, Dennis Rodman-esque. I was just going to say, it looks Rod- Rodman-esque. I was, I was quite impressed. Yeah, uh, although he's like four inches tall, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Niang also had a good game, 12 points, five rebounds, two assists. Isaiah Joe getting some run, 11 points. And then Charles Bassey getting some run in the absence of one Joel Hans Embiid. Uh, seven rebounds in 15 minutes. Like, young guys putting up... Putting up numbers. I mean, not Niang, of course. He's a little bit older. But Joe and Bassey putting in serious minutes? Yeah. I, yeah I'm I mean, happy. 
what choice did they have? No Tobias, no Seth, no Joel, no Danny. I, I, I will say uh, if I'm looking at the Kings uh, stat sheet, Buddy Heald had a nice little uh, audition. If he's a trade target, I not a whole lot of people want him, but whatever. I and mean, he's, uh, he's got he's one of the leaders in made three so far this year. There's got to be a market for him. There's got to be a market for him. Wouldn't uh, you rather him than Russell Westbrook if you were the Lakers? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. De'Aaron Fox poured in 23-5-2. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, no points, four rebounds, nine assists. Remember when Tyrese Halliburton, people were just like, oh, oh, man, if the if the Sixers can get healed and Halliburton in a deal. Maybe I'm just <laughs> – maybe it's just recency bias, just that they had a bad game last night. But Tyrese Halliburton, let's, let's, let's just know for right now. A very, very few of the deals people were willing to settle for in Ben Simmons trades look better now, you know? Yes. Like CJ McCollum one looks better now because McCollum is balling. Um, but a lot of these have gotten so much worse than we ever would have imagined where you're like, well, I'm glad Maury didn't Ooh, listen boy. to us fans on that one. <laughs> uh, old friend of our old friend of the podcast, uh, Rashawn Holmes. 18 and eight look very spry. I've, I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so glad Rashawn Holmes found a home and he's contributing and he got paid. So yeah. happy for Rashawn. Yeah. I let him go to make room for Jonah Bolden, I guess. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I can't allow Jonah Bolden slander because of the simple fact that uh, Kevin Rice will kill me. So <laughs> we're just not going to allow that. Uh, yeah. Crit- critical sexers member. Yes. <laughs> Sixers are in San Francisco to take on the Warriors tomorrow night. Good God, I am scared S-less about that game. Why? Just don't be scared. <laughs> it's, it's hard. <laughs> Listen, Golden State is 15-2. and two. Seth Curry's playing out of his mind. And Clay Thompson was just cleared to uh, full practice. Did you call? Did you just call Steph Seth Curry? This I might huge. have. I have that happens all the time. We've Steph, done it the other way, but oh my god! Okay, Steph Curry has been playing MVP level. They're fifteen and two. They've won four straight, and they yeah, Clay will be back in like a month. Yeah, your favorite player. I keep saying, I keep saying it, and I'm going to keep repeating it. My Golden State to win the West bet at plus 1,200 when I got it at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I'm just waiting to cash that check. I'm just waiting for it. The bet looks so good right now. It looks really good. But I, I will warn you about taking a few too many victory laps. I've done that in the past and gotten bit. Yeah, but it's more it's more fun when it's just like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to keep patting myself on the back for kind of calling this one. Pat yourself, um, yeah. It's your pot. Yeah, exactly. Sixers are right now the eight seed in the East. I mean, obviously that has a lot to do with the fact that Joel has been out for an extended period of time. He's got the knee soreness now. Uh, that's not how things are going to shake out by the end because I, listen, Chicago fans, enjoy it while it lasts because I feel like your team is going to drop off. The Wizards are going to drop off. The Hornets, eh, the, the, the Celtics are going to drop off, but that's more because of my... Uh, loathe and detestment for all things Boston sports. <laughs> but um, yeah, looking at it now, is it kind of good that we're kind of treading water without Joel right now? That's basically what we're doing is treading water. 
yeah, it's better than kind of good. It's, it's much better than you'd expect. And so, um, I think, uh, I think they, they are surprising. I mean, they were surprisingly good before all of the injury, before they lost in beat, they were winning some games like the undermanned game in Chicago that they yeah. won. So, um, part of it has been playing better than we expected this season. Uh, despite maybe we would have predicted the record to be better even without Ben Simmons. At this point. But seeing the way it all played out, you're like, hey, 10 and 8, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. that. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to get into this list of 30 because this is this is fun. This is going to be fun stuff. So back in a minute with Dave Early on the Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I'm back with Dave, and like he was saying, Sam Amick of The Athletic came on a Vox Media podcast, and we he talked about this approximately, quote-unquote, 30 players who would satisfy the Sixers in a Simmons swap. Um, there's some names that let, – let's just start. There's no effing way that any of these players are in a Simmons deal. No way. The LeBrons, the Durants, the Steph Currys, Giannis – Luca, as much as I would love it. Uh, one name on that top list that kind of gave me a little pause. I was like, oh, wait, really? This guy? Paul George. Mm. You don't you don't think the Clippers would entertain Paul George for Simmons? Uh, no, I can't see the direct route there. I'm not sure what it would be. Are they do they determine Kawhi's knees? a year and a half away and they want to start some sort of rebuild because Paul wants out. Like what's the scenario? My, here's my whole thought process behind it. When I saw the name, right. The Clippers are like 10 and seven. They're middle of the pack in the Western conference. And Dave looking at their roster right now, even if it's Kawhi and Paul George, are they winning the, are they winning the West? Golden State's playing very well. Phoenix is playing very well. Utah is still out kicking around. I don't think the Nuggets are going to be as bad as they are right now. They've lost four straight, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite see a path for the Clippers to make the finals. I think we, we could be sort of prisoner of the moment thing ourselves with that. Um, I guess. But the two most important, or maybe the three most important injuries last year were Lakers injury, um, the Jamal Murray injury, the Kawhi Leonard injury, because that completely paved the path for the Suns, right? Right. And if it wasn't for any one of those, I think those teams might have made the finals. Um, I think the I think Nuggets for sure, if they had Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray healthy, that was my team to come out of. That was sort of my sleeper team last year. Um, and then that got derailed. And then th after that, I thought, okay, then – the Clippers are going to run roughshod through the rest of this thing. And yeah. I think they, they would have, um, but Kawhi Leonard had a slight tear in his ACL. 
So for me, that's the big swing thing there. And we've seen in 2017, he's worth waiting for. Even if you don't know what he's going to look like in his first year back. Yeah. Do you remember what he looked like in 2019? So, <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> a, a huge part of our train of thought on that was, do you want to trade like all this stuff, Markel Fultz, to get Kawhi, who hasn't played a game this year? Uh, right. And who, and who knows what he'll play last year in a, in a walk year. So I think they might be wrestling with some of those questions, but it's like, it's Kawhi. Let's go for this. And if you are going to go for this with Kawhi, then you'd rather Paul George than Ben Simmons. The rest of the names on that list, um, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not happening. Uh, Draymond makes no sense from a fit perspective. Like, I, it's, it's, I, well, Draymond will at least shoot threes, but at the same time. Um, Sixers wouldn't want Draymond. Sixers wouldn't want Draymond. Uh, they wouldn't want to trade him. This next tier, um, honestly, Dave, I would put Shea Gilgis Alexander in the no effing way category. I mean, a lot of these guys could. I think the way that Daryl Morey would look at it is all of these guys were calling no effing way in reality are like 0.001% you know, chance. But then uh-huh. when, you, when you tally that up, you, you might have somewhere close to like 2% of all of the things that we think are nearly impossible. But what, what happens when you get like 15 of those elements or, or even 20, you know, maybe one of those happens and it's all it takes. Now, Boston did come out and say under no certain terms, like Jalen Brown is like off the table. I don't buy that for a second because it's, no. it's the Celtics and yeah, Danny Ainge isn't there. And maybe Brad Stevens is the general manager that like actually pulls the trigger on a trade versus Danny Ainge. Who's just like, Oh, I, I'm one, I'm one thought process away from pulling the trigger on this. Um, Jalen Brown is interesting. Ben Simmons in Boston is incredibly interesting given how much the Celtics fans, uh, routinely ripped him when they were playing in Boston. That would just be great from a fun perspective. That would be fun. Um, I don't know that they would want to do Brown for Ben straight. You know, I don't know what more you'd have to give them. I could see them getting a little bit more interested if somehow Towns or Zion was on the move and they're getting Ooh. that guy instead. But the Sixers getting Brown, Ben going to New Orleans, maybe, or Minnesota. Dave, uh, Dave, Dave, Halloween was last month. Why are you still scared the hell out of me when I have to think <laughs> about Carl Anthony Towns in a Celtics uniform? It, I, if you were uh, Brad Stevens, that would be maybe tempting to you, right? If, if things are not working out with this Boston team and, and Tatum is deemed untouchable, then maybe you do Brown for Towns or Brown for Zion and shake it up. Speaking of shaking it up, you you think that, like, yeah, yeah exactly, 0.001%, but Donovan Mitchell? Seriously? Like, Utah's hanging up the phone. Yeah, they're, they're definitely hanging up the phone. <laughs> on, until until the day comes and you know one day it's coming where he says i don't like it here anymore mm. um and he's you know he's got a lot of money so he might feel obligated to give them a shot especially while they're pretty good but uh, i think as paul wrote in that piece it's somewhere he has had tensions with rudy gobert in the past and the west can humble you in a hurry yeah so that's kind of the calculus there eventually one day he's gonna want out of utah and everyone needs a plan for in case that day is sooner than later Zion, I need to see like what's going on with like his health situation. Like, I'm not one to like 
size and fat shame or anything like that. But I mean, the the dude did not come in a thousand percent in shape. I'll just leave it at that. If you he had like play, a broken foot and had a broken that, foot, he's still yeah. got all kinds of stuff from last season. I, I Zion is out off the table for me, but Jamal Murray, I've wanted to trade for Jamal Murray for at least three seasons now. I think Jamal Murray would be an amazing fit on this team. Yeah, I don't know what, you know, you don't expect a guy to come back to and be 100% of himself after an ACL. It could be the following year where he started to round into form. Um, so would, would Daryl Morey entertain that? I think he would if that was his only offer in the world compared to Ben not being in the lineup. But if he has his sights set on a sign and trade with one of Harden, Beal, Levine, or a trade for Lillard, maybe he hold off on Murray and that would be part of his thinking. I don't know. The somewhat realistic uh, Damian Lillard. He's always going to be in rumors surrounding Ben Simmons and Sixers trading and Daryl Morey. Cause he wants, he re Lillard to the Sixers is just so perfect that it's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> Brad Beal, I think is off the table. Cause I think that the wizards really want to try to build around him and what they have put together so far early this season. It really shows. And I think Beal is going to commit long-term. I, I really do. It's tough to say he's, it's a, He's off the table because, of course, they wouldn't want to trade him, but he's not signed. He, they have offered him a max yeah. extension. He's not taking it. So you need a plan for that player. If, if you're Brad Beal, do you kind of like what you see, though, so far? It's, it's difficult for me to say. Like, I would like the five-year deal because that's an extra, what, $50 million for him? Yeah. Um, so I might be looking at it as like, let me get to that point. Let me sign that. Let me give them two more years, and then I'll ask out around my twelfth season in the league. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's how he might be looking at it to to look at it cynically. The other way to to look at it is say all it would take would be for him to say, I don't see a path here. Um, this is my tenth season, and we're rudderless. Yeah, we had a nice little regular season, but first of all, he's not even shooting over thirty percent from three. Is something going on with him? His numbers I, are down. I don't know. It's it's weird. The Wizards are doing really well, and Brad Beal is so far having a down season. He's not thriving. Um, Zach Levine, hell no, but that's only because of my personal disgust of Zach Levine and like not wanting to trade for the guy that had one season of offensive numbers up across the board. I'm really skittish and really hesitant about that. I've said this numerous times in numerous outlets, uh, Twitter, the Slack channel, Liberty Ballers writing, Reddit, Reddit streams. Uh, I took a biplane over the uh, Wells Fargo Center and I painted the area with leaflets just saying no <laughs> Zach Levine. Um, but the Bulls are doing well, so maybe I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, I almost, I almost want the Bulls to keep doing well, just so that the threat of Zach Levine in a Sixers jersey just does not happen. He, <laughs> they, they do look good, so it, the whole thing feels like a pipe dream. But he's also in that category where he has not signed his extension. He's he looks like he's headed for um, unrestricted free agency, which is funny because all of these guys—James Harden, Bradley Beal, I think maybe Zach—they're all saying. Um, I'm not really focused on my extension. I really want to focus on winning. 
um, as bag. if as bag. if take your bag, reveal. take your bag, baby, just take it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but they're using this line where as if it would be less of a distraction to get the contract thing over with. Yeah. Now you're gonna be now you're gonna be in rumors all season, all long. damn season long. But there's got to be a better line to answer that question with. But let me let me put out this for you. Go ahead. Bradley Beal is two years older than Levine, and for some reason, he's not he's not shooting like even thirty five percent. I don't think he was at that number last year either. Is it possible a year and a half, two years younger, two inches taller, that Zach Levine is a better four year bet than Beal would be? He is from that four year perspective. If you're investing four or five years into the well, four years. Say you're say you're the Sixers, and your idea here is some sort of sign and trade next summer, so you can get one of them for four years. I think almost every Sixer fan would say, "I'll take Beal." But what's the what's the scenario? How likely is the scenario where Levine is the one that they should want instead? From that perspective, it makes sense. The younger, taller, more athletic. I I feel like Levine can do a little bit more in terms of like getting his own shot. So I agree with all of that. It's just personal uh, hesitancy, just based off the reason that I outlined. If it comes that Levine has a second straight, really good offensive season, fine. Talk to me at the end of this Talk to me at the end of this season, and I'll reassess my Zach Levine take. He's dealing with, I think, a radial collateral ligament strain, which could be like a partially torn muscle in his left thumb. He's got this wrap. I think it's impacting his play. I never thought that DeMar DeRozan would look so good in red and white. Um, oh, God. So he's he's almost taken like not a backseat role, but he's yeah. not the bona fide alpha there right now. It's interesting. And, and that's what I kind of worry about. Zach is going to get his bag and then he's going to get signed and traded to Philly. And then all of a sudden he's going to think that he's the man. Like, no, uh-uh, no, you are here to back up. You are here to be the Robin to Joel's Batman. Like, I'm sorry. That's just how this is going to work, Zach. Well, those are good problems to have. The Lakers had that problem with Kobe and Shaq. So yeah, true. <laughs> um, not, not that Levine is Kobe, but. If you're, if you're wondering who's the alpha, and they do share a trainer, so maybe they'd be okay with playing together. All right, that, that, that works. Uh, OG Ananobi, I think Toronto wants to build around him as opposed to, like, trade him out. Although, it's, although I, I did find it interesting. Did you guys mention uh, Pascal Siakam on this list? If you go down to my list... At the there bottom, it is. I, I, I added it. some like shout outs who didn't yes. make it. There it is. I see, I see Mr. Siakam. Um it's kind of a it's kind of a log jam in there with Toronto. Like I feel like in some areas, OG Siakam and Scotty Barnes are kind of the same player. Or maybe I'm just wild, or maybe I'm just not watching Toronto games as intently as I should because they're the Toronto Raptors and F those guys for like a few seasons ago. Uh, I don't know what Scotty Barnes ceiling is, but I'm pretty sure he's the one who's completely untouchable for them other than like, you know, trading for a superstar much better than Scotty Barnes. Whereas I think they would definitely trade Siakam and I think they would uh, entertain unknowable trades. Brandon Ingram is the name that really jumps out to me in the next phase of this list, because are we getting to a point where the Pelicans 
are going to like scrub things and start over again because who knows what's going to happen with Zion. Like if Zion doesn't like playing in New Orleans, like you're talking about Anthony Davis that took his, that took his ball and went home and then Zion took his ball and went home. Like, I don't know what it is about New Orleans and basketball, but I, it must be, it's gotta be the owner situation. That, that has to be it. Yeah, I think when whenever there's something confusing, you could say, like, what's going on with the owner situation? Danny LaRue has that old truism, like, it's the most sort of, uh, I forget how he phrases it, but he basically says it's crazy important. And the ownership group of the New Orleans Pelicans, I believe it's still the same ones as the New Orleans Saints. It's the Benson family, I think, right? I think so. That was what I last knew. Um, yeah, it's Gail Benson. And I honestly, I think it's really hard for a person in that situation to have to manage a professional football team and professional basketball team as well. I think the Pelicans would be a lot better if they were in Seattle. (laughs) We're in Seattle. Yeah, let's (laughs) let's just leave it there. Let's just leave it there. Take the Pelicans, move them to Seattle, bring back the Supersonics. But put Alvin Kamara on that team. Let's see how they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Brandon Ingram is always interesting to me because I feel like Ingram, the last couple of seasons, has really grown into the player that he is going to be. I remember when he was drafted, he was just they were saying, "Oh, this guy with with his wingspan and the way he can shoot, like he's the next Kevin Durant." Stop. Stop it. <laughs> But Brandon Ingram has kind of grown into his own a little bit the last couple of seasons. So him for Simmons in some kind of like as a base for a package, I'd be in on that. He might be, you know, before the year, I think I told you like the worst player I would trade Ben Simmons for. And I think I said it was De'Aaron Fox. Now I might have like moved up to uh, B.I., I'm looking at his numbers like I love how D'Angelo Russell is never crossing your list ever. (laughs) He he didn't make my list. No, he didn't even even get a shout out. Wow. Um, 21.4 points on 19.3 shots for B.I. I know they're three and 16. You talked about them like starting over, but like, can you start over when you're already over? But he's not, you know, he's not playing like really efficient (laughs) basketball. Um. I, I'm, is that, I'm assuming, is that just a byproduct of, of him having to do everything because Zion's not there? I don't know. Like when I saw AD on that team and they were losing all the time, I thought, okay, I thought the same thing I thought with Devin Booker. This guy's in a terrible situation. Yeah. But when I see BI play, he sometimes seems so um, casual that I'm wondering. I don't know if this guy's a franchise player. I don't get the same vibe as I got from the other two, where I think definitely his situation with BI. I'm wondering just how good is he? What would he be like if he were in like a playoff environment? So it's tough. It's tough to say. Having Joel and a coach like Doc Rivers and somebody in the front office like Daryl Morey, I feel like it would level him to where like he doesn't have to do everything and that helps him be a little bit more efficient that's where my mind goes yeah and and the biggest the biggest thing that Daryl Morey did with James Harden was he saw a guy who was doing a lot of stuff that didn't make him a superstar what happens if we could have him do a lot more of the stuff that does and you saw him go from like 
hey, this is a really good six-man type scorer to, oh, okay, this is a top five player in the NBA. Bar right. So is there a guy out there who Daryl Morey could help become more efficient and do tons of what they're best at, and then that player takes a level from like borderline all-star where Tobias Harris hovers to holy mackerel? And is that player B.I., I guess, is the question. I, I think it could be Brandon Ingram, especially from the uh... – the, the strategy that you line out just because of how secure the Sixers are from like, there's a clear number one and Doc Rivers is the, the guy that makes everything run. And then if you need, if we need anything like additional within the margins because of the salary cap, Daryl can make it happen. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's shot 39%, 38%, 39% from three on his last three seasons, including this year's 12 game yeah. sample. And he's shooting 85, 87, 83% from the line. So he could shoot it. And I think you could work with that with his, with his length. Uh, I think he might be my current sort of like the worst player we take back in a Simmons trade at this point. Darius Garland is only interesting if you're a Cleveland fan, because I don't know if Darius Garland really moves the needle for me in terms of a championship, because we already have, if you're bringing in Darius Garland, then we're looking at a backcourt of what? Maxi and Garland? See, I don't know. I think I'm watching Garland and I'm asking myself, is he, is he like a franchise player? Because he, he looks really good. I, I know maybe he doesn't line up perfectly with, with Embiid, but he, he looks darn good to me. And I think he's an up and comer. I think what it would take would be Ben saying, I want Cleveland and Darius saying, I want Philly. And then maybe Rich Paul makes mountains move to make it happen. Yeah. Um, it, he's good, man. He's good. All right. So, maybe I just need to watch more Cleveland basketball. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't see them much but, no. uh, for, for a good two and a half quarters. He was giving Brooklyn Nets fits last night. So we've discussed the lowest possible return you would take is Brandon Ingram. I'd have to look and review this list, but let me just off the top, let's put him and uh, OG. I, I think for me, it's Brandon Ingram. And I know this is a huge risk and it's a huge gamble me saying this, but for me, I think it's either him or Jamal Murray. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I've, I've loved Jamal Murray since the since his sort of breakout in the bubble. Like, that's who I've wanted. It's when I saw Jamal Murray's bubble performance, I was like, okay, trade for him if we can get him. It was almost as good as Tyler Harrow's bubble performance. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite shout-out? Um, let me pull this shout-out up. <laughs> Because I love how you, I love how you put Clay Thompson in there just to just to mess with me. <laughs> I feel like you did that on purpose, Dave. The, the shout out wasn't you. You weren't good enough to make the list. The <laughs> shout out was we we didn't talk about you for some reason enough. Um, a couple of these for sure are not good enough to make the list, like uh, Jeremy Grant. Michael Porter Jr. for me is a <laughs> if he was healthy, you might have had him somewhere on that list. But now he's dealing with maybe, you know, career threatening stuff like 
Peyton Manning type stuff or neck surgery type stuff. Who knows? Or or like or you know Chris Bosh type stuff. If we're talking like his his uh, blood clotting stuff like that, like Michael Porter Jr. At the time, it sounded like a really shrewd, intelligent move by Denver. But more and more, it it I don't want to say it almost looks like they wasted a pick, but almost- you know. That you make you remind me, Brandon Ingram had something with blood costs too, didn't he? Like he did, sound- he did, and uh, I I can't recall where he is with it. So yeah, you're taking Must that risk. Fine. You're taking that risk with Brandon Ingram because like blood clots are just something they don't go away. That's just something that stays with you, right? At least it's not like a Brandon Roy situation where you have a limited window that you have with this guy because. It's literally bone on bone in his knees. Oh, sounds awful. We did once, people were once speculating that about Chris Paul, and he's had like another 12 amazing years. Uh, Phoenix medical staff, that's really all I can say. But, th- but this is way, way before <laughs> Phoenix days. This is, that must be the LA medical staff. Um, all right, yeah, other, I mean, the same, the same medical staff that sends, co- that send uh, COVID to Germany. Yeah, yeah, blood spinning. Go get some, go get some uh, stem cell. Allegedly, right. allegedly. Okay. Let me look at this. So there's a few guys on here who both is for, for whatever reason it's going to be a non-starter, like out of bio, not worth talking about. My answer nope. is no. Clay Thompson's probably the same thing. Um, you put it in there to mess with me, and then you disappoint me when you talk about it. Like <laughs> I think I think Sabonis would be a no from each side. They, you know, they probably love him and Daryl probably wouldn't be that interested in him. Also, um, the, the the fit is weird still, too, because then you have to move Tobias back to the three, which makes no sense at this point. Uh, well, one of the things that I found from this exercise is that there's a ton of players where you wonder about their fit with Tobias to the point where you want to trade Tobias more than before the trade, you know? Hmm. I found that interesting, like. So to so uh, move Tobias, put Sabonis in there, and be oh uh, Sabonis and Embiid. That is one nice looking front court. <laughs> it's a good front court, but let's go with <laughs> like let's go with Brandon Ingram. If you had Brandon Ingram, um, do do you want him and Tobias because they do a lot of the same stuff on the court? That is a good point. Um, if I'm looking at the numbers and the more willingness so to speak, to take threes. Like, I get it. Like, Tobias is working on it. He's looked a little bit better this season. But the thing about Tobias is that he can guard some of those fours. I don't know if Brandon Ingram with his size, I don't know if you can get him to, like, bang around with, like, the Julius Randles or the Jeremy Grants of the NBA. Yeah, maybe not. I'm just thinking from a contract standpoint, could Daryl Moore trade him for like two players and get more uh, value per dollar? See, we're, we keep talking about trading Ben Simmons and all like that, but like there's some really interesting stuff if, you know, the Tobias part of the roster was increased or made better in some way and we get like some bench depth stuff too. Yeah, I think it's, it's possible that they would just think you know, he's tough to trade with three years on the deal, but if he had two years on the deal, then we, then we could definitely find a taker for him the way we did for Horford. Yeah. So I think that it's something that probably is in their mind at some point down the road, if not this year, Um, a couple other guys that I think 
you know, every time he has a good game, I think to myself, oh, maybe this is the perfect time to trade Shake Milton in a Ben Simmons deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's got his value up right now after the last night's game. It's just like, okay, who wants Shake? Come on, make us an offer. (laughs) Shake and Furkan both represent the type of guys where you think Daryl Morey would include, would happily include them if he liked the return. Yeah. Because theoretically they represent a sort of young player who you can always use because they can shoot or maybe create off the dribble. Uh, maybe they're not complete disaster defensively. And, uh, but they're not, you know, they're not like part of a championship roster unless you had some, all of the right pieces there. So I, I, I do enjoy the last sentence of your piece. If Lonzo ball hits 12 triples in his next outing, maybe he bumps someone else. <laughs> I find that hilarious because there was a sizable, I don't know a sizable, but there was a nice, contingent of fans that were like um if we can sign a trade for lonzo maybe maybe that kind of makes sense i wanted him at the trade deadline last year i was you hopeful did. that they might get him i it's just a shame that didn't happen it would have taken it would have been fun but danny green and maybe picks it would have taken yeah. the sting out of this ben simmons situation that's for sure well yeah they would have beaten atlanta uh thousand percent and then Ben Simmons might be happy, but it's a very quiet story, and he's playing basketball. I, I love a lot of the pieces that you do, Dave, especially this one because it's funny. This is like think about some of the possibilities. So this was fantastic. If you haven't read it, go on Liberty Ballers. It is just – it's very simple. Guessing which players are on Sixers 30-player list of Ben Simmons trade targets. It's on Liberty Ballers right now. It's Dave and Paul – quote unquote, in the war room, uh, they have their whiteboard and uh, much like the Orlando Magic in Dario Saris that year. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very clear who we're gunning for. <laughs> Paul and I sneaked in and took pictures of their whiteboard. <laughs> we saw we saw Elton and Daryl with huge beards. <laughs> uh, what's your uh, what's your Thanksgiving game plan on Thursday? I, I like to do a lot of dinner chores while watching football so i like peel potatoes and peel carrots with uh keeping an eye on the game you, you can skip that first game dave you can just skip it just like <laughs> oh, find something else ba- is it bears lions yes it is we have we have to change this tradition of putting the lions on tv seriously i was talking to my i was talking to my brother last night and for the rest of time the thanksgiving game should always be patriots versus the washington professional football team Every year, that's what it has to be. Why? Because it's the, boring too. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, it's it's funny just because like the the Patriots and then the Washington team used to be a different name that I will not use on this podcast. But you know, it, it, it's I, I I guess that's just my brother's funny sense of humor. I guess I don't know. Not, I, I would be, not everybody I would gets bored. it. I would be bored by that game. I think for the next several years. But <laughs> I always, I always love any NFC East matchup. So those are always good. I mean, um, if but, we're not going to do that, then just give the entire NFL the the week off for Thanksgiving and just like have them play Sundays. Like just stay- do what they do for Sunday night, where you can flex the schedule and get get some shootouts on there. Unbelievable! Like I would rather. I would rather. Yeah, I was, like you were saying. I would rather peel vegetables than watch that Lions Bears game. Like yeah. I can't even have fun by gambling on it because wh- how would I gamble on this game? There's no way to do it. Okay, they've had some really fun like 
Falcons, New Orleans shootouts. They had that really fun Chargers-Cowboys game. They got to find those. Lots of points. All right, I'm just I'm just going to make myself – I'm just going <laughs> to – I need to get off that topic. Uh, Devontae Smith, Smith on TV is sort of must-see TV right now. Get him at this point, that. yes. At this point, a 1,000%. My uh, Thanksgiving schedule is such – I have two cheesecakes that I have to make. I'm probably going to make one today and then throw it in deep freeze so that it's ready because I'm going to do one today, one tomorrow, because trying to do two cheesecakes in one night is it's it's, it's I don't have the strength for that. <laughs> double, double cheesecake night, man. Oh, yeah, man. Cheesecake is my thing in my nice. family for Thanksgiving. And then Thanksgiving Day, I try to put down at least one plate based off of the meat in question. So I have a plate centered around turkey. I have a plate centered around my aunt's ham. And then I have a plate surrounded uh, by my uh, cousin's roast beef. Wow. So you, you always have the turkey, but then the other ones are question marks? I always have the, I always have the turkey. The, and, I mean, and then at this whether point, or not it's ham or roast beef, that's they're not a- They're not optional. They're definite, they definitely go down. They definitely go down. That's for sure. And then my partner this year, she's bringing meatballs to the Thanksgiving dinner. So, of course, mm. I got to have a plate of that because I'm just saying her meatballs are effing phenomenal. I'm I'm being serious. And, like, shout out to my partner. So, Jesus. Good, uh, good job. Are they, t- like, marinara sauce or, like, gravy? Uh, they are – there's no sauce. Just uh, straight meatballs. Just straight, straight meatballs. But Maybe they're like seasoned – onions they're seasoned so beautifully and perfectly they're, they're just they're just little like they they're like pops rocks in your mouth but like meat and it's fantastic and you and you are the human cheesecake factory yes <laughs> but i don't but i don't serve like enormous portions for no reason <laughs> no double plate burritos no god no god no 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 Enjoy your Thanksgiving, Dave. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, all that good stuff. And uh, too. go Sixers. Uh, hopefully they at least look competitive against Golden State tomorrow. And then Minnesota on Saturday, which I might be going to that game because my brother's in town. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Is there a non-zero chance that Ben Simmons plays in that game? Point no. oh 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 one. Okay. No, there's no there's no chance. That was the if, game Sean guessed he might be back. So if Simmons didn't listen, if Simmons didn't come back for the Atlanta game like I wanted him to, then it's it it's all it, it doesn't make sense. It it doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah, he probably heard you said on the pod. I was like, screw it. Not, Damn it! <laughs> I was just kidding, Ben. I was I'm just having fun with you, Jesus. Well, happy holidays. Happy Tyrese Maxi season. Happy Tyrese Maxi season. Uh, be careful out there uh, traveling. Also, if you're thinking about doing Black Friday shopping, just just please do it at home in the comfort of your home and pajamas and just do it online because all the deals that are in the stores are going to be online. So just like just don't. support local mom and pops. That too. Like there's no need, there's no need to truck stick somebody over a 50 inch television anymore. There's just (laughs) always fun talking to you, Dave. I'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. It's fun. (laughs) 